0: We're going to turn there, we're going to read there in the beginning, Psalm 32, 7. God is not only already breaking chains, but there's more chains He wants to break before the service is over. Again, this may be a new environment for you, it may be a little bit rowdy, but we believe in serving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. That's the greatest commandment of a Christian. Serve the Lord with all of your might, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. Amen. Amen. The picture of that, to me, involves my emotions. Amen. And my highest praise. Psalm 32, 7 says, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Amen. When I'm in the middle of the darkest situation I can imagine, when I trust in God and I call on God, He will surround me with songs of deliverance. Amen. And in Psalm 18, we're going to go through that song of deliverance today. Psalm 18, and we're going to read one verse to start. Verse 2. Psalm 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock, and my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. He is my buckler or my shield, and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. I think David had a trust in the Lord. Amen. If this was the only verse we ever knew David to write, we would understand that he trusted in God as his deliverer. Amen. And God wants you today to get a song of deliverance in your heart amen he wants you to have a song of deliverance that you can sing that nobody else can sing but you can sing and it means the world to you lord jesus we're thankful for your presence it's here it's from the very beginning the very first song we felt your power we felt deliverance we felt the thing that comes to break chains your spirit god there's supernatural power in this place that we need Our chains are far beyond us in our ability to break them. Otherwise, we would have broken them a long time ago. Lord we sit here some of us today Desiring to be out of these chains Despising the chains that we're in Frustrated by the chains we are in But Lord we come to you understanding today That you are our chain breaker That you are our deliverer You are our strong tower You are the strength of our salvation Lord you are the one we can look to today And when the enemy whispers You'll always be in chains When our own conscience says You'll never be different than what you are right now it'll never get better. When the world whispers, this is just the way it is. This is just the way this world is. This is just the way we are given life. But no, today we will not accept the lies of the enemy. Today we will not accept these chains that have us bound. But instead we will rise up and sing, my Deliverer is coming. My Deliverer is coming. He is standing here. He is ready to set me free. In the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated today. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. David was the youngest of eight brothers, and as a result, he had the most undesirable job of tending to his father's sheep. He did not have pity on himself. He did not sit around and whine and complain, but he decided to utilize this time to develop his exceptional gift of playing the harp and composing songs of praise to Jehovah. When he wasn't producing beautiful music, he was refining his pinpoint accuracy with a sling. Something about David was different. Something about him was special and unique. And that uniqueness was fully acknowledged at the tender age of 10 to 13 years old when He was anointed the next king of Israel. His greatness would only grow from this point forward. After being anointed as king, David was sent back to pasture to tend sheep. Evidently, his family wasn't quite sure how to treat him after he was crowned as the next king. But David did not get upset, he did not demand that he do something different. But he continued to tend the sheep. He continued to sing songs to the Lord. He continued to refine his skills. And one time a lion and a bear came to endanger the sheep. And David did not shrink away. But he stood up and he rose up. And he slew the lion. And he slew the bear. Most 12 to 15 year olds would have allowed the sheep to fend for themselves. But not David this 12 to 15 year old young man stood in the face of the lion and the bear and he said not on my watch later around the age of 15 to 17 david would kill a giant named goliath a story we're all familiar with this giant that utilized fear to paralyze the entire army of israel for 40 days and david came on the scene and said is there not a cause who would have thought this would not be his greatest challenge? But his greatest challenge lay ahead of him. In the next few years after slaying Goliath, David's legend increased. Almost everyone sang his praises. But one did not sing his praises. The jealous King Saul got more and more upset at the, this young man who was so loyal to him. He became so jealous he sought to kill David. David, having to flee for his life, has his status changed from a folk hero to a fugitive overnight. And he would spend somewhere between seven and eight years in exile from his homeland, often fighting for survival in dreadful circumstances. Cold, dark, wet caves running for his life. And out of these horrific and very unfair sufferings, David composed a song of deliverance that brings consolation and hope to us today. This song of deliverance is Psalm 18. And it begins with verse 1. I will love Thee, O Lord, my strength. Somehow David didn't blame God. Somehow David didn't lose his love for God. But he said, I will love Thee, O Lord, my strength. He understood that deliverance did not come from his human ability. He didn't get delivered from Saul because he practiced his sling and he practiced his skills as a warrior. But he knew the strength of his heart was God. The Lord is my strength. 2 Corinthians 12. 2 Corinthians 12, 9-10 in the Amplified Version shows us that Paul understood this principle. Paul said, the Lord spoke to him and said, My grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough. Always available regardless of the situation. For my power is being perfected. It's being completed and shows itself most effectively in your Weakness. Therefore, Paul said, I would rather gladly boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me. So I am well pleased with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak in human strength, I am strong, truly able, truly powerful truly drawing from God's strength. We need to be like Paul today and make sure that we are trusting in the Lord for our strength. Amen. Verse 2, we read it already, but let's read it again. The Lord is my rock. He is a crag or a cliff, a stronghold from enemies, a place of refuge and strength. He is my fortress. This means a mountain castle. Again, a high place of refuge. A place where David can run and be safe. And not just some small little hut, but a castle. A palatial, lavish place of refuge. Because we are never more wealthy than when we are in the presence of God. The presence of the Lord is safety. The presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. The presence of the Lord is pleasures forever. More, It's a mountain castle for us to run to. David said, you are my deliverer. You carry me away to safety. You cause me to escape. Luke 4.18, Jesus stood up and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the spirit of the Lord was on him to preach deliverance to the captives. It's one of the greatest objectives of Jesus Christ is to preach deliverance to the captives. If we're wondering if he wants to set us free today, we need to stop wondering about it and surrender. Because he wants to set us free. He's not willing that any would perish, but all would come to a place of repentance. The road of recovery may not be easy. The Lord may cause us to overcome some things, but the question of if He wants us delivered or not should be settled in our minds. He wants to deliver us. You say, but it's my fault that I'm in this situation. It's my own poor choices. I rejected him. I walked away from him. And yet he would still say, I want to deliver you. I want to set you free. If you'll just surrender to my hand. If you'll surrender to my ways. If you'll stop trusting in yourself and trust in me. Psalm 102 and 19. Psalm 102, 19 says, For he hath looked down from the height of his sanctuary from heaven. Did the Lord behold the earth to hear the groaning of the prisoner? Why did he look down? Because he wanted to hear the groaning of the prisoner to loose those that are appointed to death, to loose those that are appointed to death. We all at certain moments of our life can look back and see possibly where we should have died. Maybe even we were brought back to life. God spared us in some way, and maybe never in the physical, but all of us would say in the spiritual, for the wages of sin is death. The Lord has come to loose us all that are appointed to death and appoint us to life. Psalm 107, 13 through 16. Psalm 107. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their distresses. All you've got to do is cry unto him. He brought them out of darkness in the shadow of death. He broke their bands asunder. In other words, he broke the chains. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works for the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. He is a mighty deliverer, he is a chain breaker. Isaiah 42.17 Isaiah 42.17 says of the Lord as the Messiah He would come to open the blind eyes to bring out the prisoners from the prison and then that sit in darkness out of the prison house. Are we catching the theme here today? where The Lord is wanting to deliver us from our prison houses. Colossians 1.13-14 Colossians 1.13-14 says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness hath translated us in the kingdom of His dear Son in whom we have redemption through His blood even the forgiveness of sins. I'm glad that we serve a God that is a deliverer today. Amen. He is not just a figment of our imagination. Someone that we hope in. Someone that we mentally imagine exists. Someone that we just say, okay, I believe that God is out there somewhere. I believe He created me and has a plan for me, but I don't really have a relationship with Him. I don't have an experience I can point to to say, yes, He is real, but God is wanting to be real to us. God is wanting to be the one we call on in our distress. God is wanting to be the one we call on when we are feeling the chains come upon us. He wants to become our deliverer. And that's why I desire that this church would be a place of deliverance for all forms of captivity. We may not have magical formulas or answers, but I know that the answer is always surrender to Jesus Christ. I don't know how someone got to where they're at necessarily. I don't know the perfect road out of their prison. But I know that Jesus is the answer to their needs. No matter what their captivity, no matter what bondage, no matter what enslaves them, no matter what addiction, no matter how they've been abused, no matter what chain has found itself shackled to their arms and to their feet, my God is the one who can break the chain. God is wanting us to move from victim to victor. Not to live as a victim. Not to walk around saying, I'm a victim of this. I'm a victim of this. I'll always be a victim of this. I'll always be the problem of somebody else. But no, God wants us to rise up and say, Yes, I've been abused. Yes, I've been misused. But I am not a victim. I've been set free by Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm a victor in Jesus Christ. I refuse to live as a victim of anyone. Or anything. And we have to be careful because society wants us to constantly live in this role of trying to overcome a victim's status. They use many different things to make us feel like a victim. We don't need to live that way. We don't need to accept that. We need to rise up in Christ and say, I am victorious no matter what because my identity is not in the things of this world. My identity is in Jesus Christ. First Corinthians 6 and 9. First Corinthians 6 and 9 says, Know ye not the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Sin is still going to keep us out of the kingdom of God if we don't resolve it through Christ. We can't paint a different color on sin and say it's okay. We can't label it as something else and say it's okay. But neither as a church will we only point out sin because we would simply be Pharisees. But we will point out the sin and come along as the nurse, as the doctor, as the brother, as a sister and say I'm going to help you out of your sin through the grace of God I'm going to help you rise up and be what he wants you to be because such were some of us but we are washed we are sanctified verse 11 says we've been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the spirit of our God Amen. It's not just that we're we're just being self-righteous and saying, oh, this is sin, this is sin, this is wrong. It's not about that. It's not about trying to find fault. It's about saying there's an answer for your chains. That is a chain on you that God doesn't want you to wear. He wants you to have freedom. He wants you to be washed. He wants you to be sanctified. He wants you to be justified by His name and by His Spirit. We're not interested in just modifying certain behaviors or putting up a righteous front. Like, I'm so righteous because I do this and I do this and I look like this. We're not just interested in changing certain behaviors. We are wanting people to be transformed. Not just sinning a little bit less, but their hearts and their minds are truly delivered and transformed through the power of the Holy Ghost. By the grace of God, when we start celebrate recovery, we're not just trying to get people to stop using drugs and alcohol. That's not the end result. There are a lot of people who overcome addiction, but they're not set free. They may have quit one behavior, but they're not set free. Inside, they're still empty. Inside, they're not healed. Inside, they haven't been delivered. So they find something else to do, but that's not deliverance. We want them to be set free from those addictions. We want them to be set free from those activities. But more than that, we want them to be born again of the water and the Spirit. We want them to be filled with God's Spirit. We want them to be washed and sanctified We want them to be repenting of their sins Baptized in Jesus' name For the forgiveness of those sins And filled with the promise of the Father The Holy Spirit So that they too will have an experience That says God is real God is real It's not just something I believe in Without an experience I have experienced the power of God I have been set free 2 Corinthians 3:17 reminds us the source of liberty is not programs it's not human effort and ingenuity alone it's not the sign on the door of the church it's not the cross on the wall by itself but 2 Corinthians 3:17 says where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty when the spirit of the Lord is there then there is liberty That's why people were getting so excited a little while ago because they were starting to feel some liberty from the chains that had been trying to bind them. Amen. As Christians, it's not that we don't ever feel depressed. It's not that we don't ever feel anxiety. It's not that we don't ever suffer from the temptations of the lust of the flesh and even fall from time to time. It's not about any of that. But we come into the presence of God and He begins to pluck those chains off once again. He begins to unlock the things that are trying to wrap themselves around us and set us free once again. Because we don't just need to be set free once. (laughs) I have to be set free every single day. Next, David says, My God. He didn't say, my church is God. He didn't say, my parents' God. He didn't say, my grandparents' God. He said, my God, if you're going to be delivered, you got to make sure he's your God. you got to personalize your relationship that I'm going to have a relationship with God myself. I don't care what anybody else does. I will serve the Lord. Amen. He is my strength. Literally, he is my rock I'm so glad that in all the changing society we're living in and all the opinions that are constantly changing and and everything's going left and right and shifting and moving, there's an immovable, unchangeable rock that will anchor our soul called Jesus Christ. There's an unaltering opinion called the Word of God that is true, that we can turn to as a rock that will not be moved, as a rock that will not change. In whom will I trust? I will flee to Him for refuge, literally. Flee to the Lord for refuge. When I trust in Him, that means I will flee to Him. I will run to Him. When I start feeling those chains of darkness, when I start feeling the depression and the anxiety and the darkness of spiritual oppression come upon me, I'm going to run to Jesus. I'm going to run to a place where I can fall on my knees and say, Jesus, Thou Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, in this moment, I'm not strong enough to overcome this. Please let Your Spirit minister to me right now. Please set me free in Jesus' name. You are my refuge. You are my strength. You are my place of safety no matter the storm. He is my buckler, David said, my protector, my shield. Like the scaly, tough side of the crocodile. If you want to have thick skin in your life, if you want to be able to not get offended about every little thing, you don't need to try harder in your flesh. You need to let the Lord be your shield. If you want to be able to make yourself vulnerable and love people again, if you want to get over social anxiety and be able to look someone in the face, it's not going to come through self-help books. It's going to come through letting Him be my protector. He is the horn of my salvation. David continues, figuratively, this means He is the power of my salvation. He is the power of my salvation. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Amen. It doesn't matter what the world says about it. It doesn't matter who calls it foolish. I'm not going to be ashamed of it because it's the power of God unto salvation. I'm saved by His power. He is my high tower. Again, a lofty place. A place where He can sit up high and look down upon His enemies and see them struggle to find Him. And He's up here in the safety of the tower of Jesus Christ. A rock, a shelter, a refuge. The Lord condescends to us in our lowest state. He will reach down into the lowest pit and He will pull us out, but He doesn't leave us there. He pulls us to higher ground. He leads us to a high tower above our enemies. Ephesians 2 through says but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins even when we were at our lowest point even when we were an enemy of him he quickened us together with Christ by grace are you saved and he hath raised us up together he raised us up To make us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. When I was down and out, when I was dead in sin, Jesus lifted me up to be in the high tower. Amen. The high tower. uh, Psalm 18 and verse 3. I'm trying to go quickly for time. I will call upon the Lord. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And so shall I be saved from my enemies. I will call upon the Lord. I'm not going to take this much time on all the verses. Don't get scared. But there is confidence expressed in this verse. I will praise the Lord. That's what he says, right? I will call on the Lord. He's worthy to be praised. He's saying, I'm going to praise Him. And in so doing, I shall be saved from my enemies. There's no doubt in it. There's no well. Maybe He'll deliver me. Maybe He'll come and set me free. Maybe He'll save me. But David says, if I make up my mind to praise Him, if I make up my mind that I will worship Him, No matter what I'm going through. No matter what I'm facing. No matter if it's my fault or somebody else's. No matter how strong my enemy. No matter how dark the situation. I will praise the Lord. And that's why David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. There shouldn't be a moment in our day where we're allowing doubt. We're allowing evil words to escape from our mouth. Where we're perpetuating the message of this world of doom and gloom. We have the victory of Jesus Christ we have the God who is powerful and more than able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think amen it doesn't matter if we can't figure it out it doesn't matter if on their news they're saying well I just don't know how we're going to figure this out it's probably never going to get solved because we can't figure it out but Jesus is able to do more than we can figure out he can do more than we can ask or think so we don't even have to come up with a solution we just have to ask him we just have to ask him we just have to praise him and then trust him to do it I don't know why we feel like we're not going to have our prayers answered when we can't explain to God how to answer it when I can tell God what to do and I know exactly how to pray he can answer it but when I don't know what to say God doesn't have my help anymore this isn't going to get solved We need to stop thinking that way. When we don't have the answer, just praise. How hard is it to think of, God, you are good. Four words to every situation. God, you are good. That's a prayer you can pray 24 hours a day in every situation, in every trouble. God, you are good. And when I do that, I shall be saved from my enemies. Not because I formulated the right words. Not because I could speak King James Version. But because he honors my praise. Charles Spurgeon said, To be saved singing is to be saved indeed. To be saved singing is to be saved indeed. He said, Many are saved mourning and doubting. But David had such faith that he could fight singing and win the battle with the song still on his lips. No fearing or doubting with Christ on our side. We hope to die shouting, the Lord will provide. Let me repeat that again. No fear or doubting with Christ on our side. We hope to die shouting, the Lord will provide. Amen. If you read the Fox Books of Martyrs, there was many people who were literally burned at the stake for not renouncing Christ. And many times, they were burned and their last words on their lips were not, How dare you do this to me? How dare you do this? I'm such a victim. I can't believe you would do this to me. Their last words were, Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. The Lord is my Savior. The Lord is my rock. The Lord has delivered me. The Lord has set me free. Soon I will be with you in glory. Soon I will receive my eternal reward. They may burn my body. They may destroy this body of mine. But my eternal soul will soon be with you. And I will be glorified. And I will be lifted up forevermore. Because you are my King. And I will sing a song that God is good. God is good. God is good. God is good. Amen. It doesn't matter what happens in the world. We can sing God is good. God is righteous. God is just. We shall overcome. We shall be victorious. We will not be destroyed. Because God is on our side. Amen. God is on our side and I've told this story before but quickly mention it again it comes to mind not in my notes but a man said he was telling his grandson about when he went and preached the gospel on the street corner close to an establishment where people would get drunk and they came out and one of them put a shotgun in his chest and they said sir if you're here preaching again tomorrow I'm going to shoot you and his grandson said what would you do grandpa? he said are you kidding me? how are you going to threaten me with heaven? I showed up the next day and I preached I preached the word of God because all you can do in shooting me is send me to my reward Paul said it's better that I was there anyways that's why we don't need to be afraid of ISIS that's why we don't need to be walking around looking at everybody in a backpack you know what they could have a towel on their head because they took a shower We're not victims Man can't destroy us He can only send us to our Eternal reward Reading through the next of the verses The sorrows of death compassed me Psalm 18 The floods of ungodly men Made me afraid We're just going to read through the rest of this here The sorrows of hell compassed me about The snares of death prevented me I think David had some hard days In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him, even into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken, because he was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came. And darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. At the brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed. Hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord thundered in the heavens and the highest gave his voice. Hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, he sent out his arrows and scattered them. He shot out lightnings and discomfited them. The channels of waters were seen, in the foundations of the world were discovered at thy rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of thy nostrils. Why in the world would be, we be afraid of somebody else? Who else is great like this but our God? He sent from above, he took me, and he drew me out of many waters. In one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, verse 17 says, He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. I wasn't strong enough. I would never have won, but He delivered me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord, He was my stay. He was the one who kept me and held me together. He's the one who kept me from literally going insane. He brought me forth into a large place. He delivered me because He delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, hath He recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. And this doesn't mean before you think it. It doesn't mean that He was perfect. David made many mistakes and many horrible mistakes, but he had a heart after God, and he knew every time he made a mistake, he just had to get back up and put his trust in God again and make things right as much as possible and repent And repair the situation through God's grace for all his judgments were before me and I did put under away his statutes I did not put away his statutes from me again doesn't mean David's perfect but he meditated on the word of God he focused on the word of God he hid his word in his heart that he might not sin against him we can't lose our relationship with the word of God we can't stop reading the Bible we need the word of God Again, it's not just a religious activity. It's not a religious duty we do so that we can just say we checked off our Bible reading for the day, but it's food for the soul. It's comfort. It's truth. I was also upright before him, and I kept myself from mine iniquity. Therefore hath the Lord recompensed me, or rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his eyesight. Again, doesn't mean David was perfect, but because he responded in obedience to the Word of God when he did sin, the Lord cleansed his hands in his eyesight. God didn't see his sin anymore. It was washed away in the blood. It was cleansed in the blood. Our righteousness is filthy rags, but when we obey his Word, we take on his Righteousness, and we're clean in His sight. With the merciful, thou wilt show thyself merciful. With the upright, thou wilt show thyself upright. With the pure, thou wilt show thyself pure. And with the froward, thou wilt show thyself froward. For thou wilt save the afflicted people, but will bring down high looks. God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. For though for thou wilt light my candle, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop, and by my God have I leapt over a wall. As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler, a shield to all those that trust in Him. Quit questioning the Bible. Quit wondering if it's right or wrong. It is perfect. It is perfect. For He... For who is God save the Lord? Who is the rock save our God? It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet and setteth me upon high places. He teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by my arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation. Thy right hand hath holden me up. Thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, my feet, that my feet did not slip. I pursued my enemies and overtaken them neither did I turn again till thou, they were consumed I have wounded them that were not able to rise they are fallen under my feet for thou hast girded me with strength unto the battle thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me thou hast also given me the necks of my enemies that I might destroy them that hate me they cried but they were, there were none to save them because they weren't trusting in the Lord even unto the Lord. But He answered them not, because they wanted to continue in their wickedness. Then did I beat them small as the dust before the wind, I did cast them out as the dirt in the streets. Thou hast delivered me from the strivings of the people. Thou hast made me the head of the heathen. A people whom I have not known shall serve me. As soon as they hear of me, they shall bow, they shall obey me. The strangers shall submit themselves unto me. The strangers shall fade away and be afraid of their close places." Five more verses to his song. The Lord liveth, and, he, and blessed be my rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. It is God that avengeth me, and subdueth the people under me. It is God that avengeth me. David knew a very important thing. I will not seek revenge. I will let God take care of my battles. I will let the one who is just decide what is done to those who abuse me and misuse me. I will not seek it on my own. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He delivereth me from my enemies. Yea, thou liftest me up above those that rise against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Therefore will I give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and sing praises unto thy name. Great deliverance giveth he to his king. And shows mercy to his anointed, to David, and to his seed forevermore. In this last verse, as we conclude today, you can stand if you'd like. David declares himself to be the Lord's king. I am his king. The Lord preserves his anointed. I'm sure there were times when David was running from Saul. He questioned if he would ever survive to be king. He questioned if his enemies would be able to destroy the plan of God for his life. He questioned whether he would even see the next light of day. But God's purpose was fulfilled in David's life. David was delivered from all of his enemies. Enemies. Again, not because David was perfect. If that was our only confidence today that we could be delivered if we were perfect, I would be the first one to exit the door quickly and say, Hope you guys find a better answer. Because I'm, not, I'm unqualified. Not because David was some kind of mythical superhero that Marvel told us all about and possesses all these superhuman powers and hangs out with Superman and Batman and those other guys. David didn't have some kind of special power, but he was delivered against impossible odds time and time and time again. He didn't just have a bunch of morons trying to kill him, he had the secret army, he had the special forces. And Israel's intelligence is pretty good. Mossad, probably the best in the world. They were trying to kill him, but they couldn't find him because God was his covering. They probably walked by the cave David was in many times, and somehow God blinded their eyes from seeing that David was right there. David was a stone's throw away, and yet David remained calm. In the presence of the Lord, I will be still and know that you are God. Everything in me wants to flee because I hear the footsteps of the enemy. Everything in me wants to run for my life right now. But instead, I'm going to be still and I'm going to trust that you are God, that you are my Savior. I'm going to praise you in the storm, I'm going to trust you. I know I've been running for seven or eight years, but Lord, I'm trusting in you. I know you're going to cause me to prosper. I know you're going to cause me to rule and reign because it's for your glory. He trusted God to uh, slew a lion and a bear, a nine and a half foot giant. He trusted God in repentance after committing adultery and murder. And he was delivered every time. The same God who delivered David is interested today in delivering you and me. It's easy to believe deliverance for your neighbor. It's easy to believe someone else can be set free. But when you look in the mirror, you need to be able to say, God is my deliverer. God is my Savior. And even though I'm not fully out of this prison yet, I know there's coming a day when that door is going to swing open and I'm going to let these chains fall off me. And like Paul and Silas, as I begin to sing praises at midnight, the earth's going to shake, the foundations are going to move, and the doors are going to open to this prison house, and we're going to walk out because God is my deliverer. Whatever you're facing today, I just want to give you the opportunity before we leave to lift your hands to the Lord, to the deliverer, and say, God, I'm here today. I need your deliverance I'm tired of struggling with this. I'm tired of being oppressed by the enemy. I know that my life's not going to somehow be magical and perfect when I leave. But God, I'm I'm going to declare today that you are my deliverer. You are my provider. You are my savior. I'm not going to live as a victim anymore. I'm not going to walk around with my head down thinking I'm a victim. But I'm going to walk around with my chin up looking unto the one who is the author and the finisher of my faith. Looking to the one who is my creator and my savior. Looking to the one who is able to deliver me. He is able to set me free. He has the keys to these chains. He has the keys to this bondage. He is the one who wants to set me free. It doesn't matter how dark the world is. It doesn't matter how long I've worn these chains. It doesn't matter today. My God is a deliverer. My God is a mighty deliverer. My God is a strong tower I can run into today and find safety and find security from the most devastating of things that have happened to me. I can come to Jesus and say, here I am, Lord. Amen. As we begin to sing, just come to Jesus. Flee to Jesus today. Run into the arms of the one who loves you. Run into the arms of the one who created you who knew you in your mother's womb, running to the hands of Jesus today. He's waiting. Before you leave this place, you can have a supernatural touch applied to your life. That you to leave different, never the same again. Not because you've come to this church, but because you've encountered Jesus Christ, the one who's able to deliver, the one who's able to set free don't take my word for it. Come to Jesus today. Cry out to Jesus. Jesus. As David said, I cried out, out and he hurt in me. I cried out and he hurt me. He's going to hear your cry today. He's not going to ignore you today. Cry out to Jesus. In the name There's power. Jesus. He's a chain breaker. To break every chain. To break every chain. To break every chain. Break every chain. We want to fill you change. with the Spirit today. For the Spirit of the Lord is there at liberty. liberty. Receive the the Holy Ghost today. Receive the Holy Ghost today. The Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit, every God. Fill me chain.